Good morning. And just a reminder to everyone, during the season of Lent, we do offer worship services on Wednesdays at both 2 and 7 p.m. And at 2 p.m., uh, we're working through the epistles of John. So this coming Wednesday, we'll be going through uh, the third one of John. The Old Testament reading for this, the third Sunday in Lent, is from the 20th chapter of Exodus. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, the stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, 
whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. and They believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. This is the gospel of the Lord. The inside of the temple in Jerusalem did not look like it should have. Instead of people praying to God, there were crowds of people selling sheep and doves. Instead of people hearing God's word, all they could hear was the mooing of cows. Instead of people being comforted by the sacrifices for the forgiveness of sin, all they could see is shiny gold being exchanged at the money changer's table. This was not how the temple was supposed to be. People should have been praying to God and hearing God's word and seeing the sacrifices that take away sin. This is not how the temple was supposed to be. Well, that temple in Jerusalem is long gone. It was destroyed almost 2,000 years ago. But there still is a temple. Now, in the New Testament, you are described as the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful to think about that we're actually the temple of the living God. And in our temples, we are to be set up so that we are praying to God and we are hearing God's word and we are craving to be near the sacrifice God makes for us in Christ. That is how our temples should be set up. It can be set up this way. But is it set up this way? If we were to do a quick survey of the temples of our prayer life, of our desire to hear God's word, of our willingness to be near God's sacrifice and to give up things to be near it, would we say that our temples are all set up the way that they should be? Are we always praying to God like we should? Or do we just go through our days never thinking twice about what God is doing for us every day? From the food that we eat to the clothes that we wear. Are we praying in thanks to God for those gifts? From the lungs that are breathing to hearts that are still beating. Are we praying to God every day in thanksgiving 
for all that he is doing for us. Would we say our temples are set up the way they should be? When it comes to God's word, are we craning to hear, are, are craning our necks to hear God's word as he speaks to us every Sunday and every day of the week for that matter? Think about that. God is speaking to you. God's word to you is God's word to you. He's speaking to you. But just like in the temple of Jerusalem, there's a lot of noise getting in the way of hearing God's word. In the temple, they had to deal with cows mooing and drowning out God's word. Nowadays, what is that for you? Are there distractions in our lives drowning out God's word for you? Or do we think we're just too busy to take the time to hear God speak? You know, during Lent, we pass out Lenten devotionals. Each devotion, each day, probably just takes 30 seconds. That is one way God is speaking to you. But are we listening? Even for 30 seconds. I'm sure we make time in the day for all kinds of things we want to do. Can't we reserve even just 30 seconds to listen to God? He has a lot to say to you. In Jerusalem, the temple was filled with sacrifices. And when people went to the temple, they would often see a white lamb. And they would see the priest lay hands on the lamb. All the sins of the people were laid on top of that lamb. And when that lamb was sacrificed, the people could see with their own two eyes that God really is taking away their sin by blood, just like he promised to do. And that must have been a wonderful sight to see. It's too bad the people were so distracted that they couldn't see it. Because money was being exchanged just a few feet away from all this. Money with all its shiny promises that people could do whatever they want to do in their lives. It's hard for a bleeding lamb to compete with all that. And here we are today in God's house with the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, standing right before us. And on our own altar very soon, he will allow us to have his body and blood sacrificed for us for the forgiveness of all of our sins. God is right here to give you something precious in your life. Will you let him? Or are you lured away by the possessions of this world, lured away by the pleasures of this world, the entertainments of this world? This lamb on our altar is so simple. And the world around us appears so shiny and bright sometimes, always calling out to us. So which is going to be most important in your life? You have a choice. Jesus loved that temple in Jerusalem very much because this was the place people prayed to God the Father. And this was the place people could always hear God speak to them in his word. And this was the place people could see with their own two eyes that God loved them so much that he was willing to sacrifice a lamb 
so that their sins would be forgiven. And that's why Jesus made a whip, drove out all the cows so they didn't moo anymore. And Jesus chased out the sheep. He overturned the table of all those money changers. Jesus did that so that the people could now pray and people could hear and people could see all that God was doing for them. We're in the middle of Lent right now. A time when we all look at our spiritual lives. A time when we all look at our own little temples. The place where the Holy Spirit dwells inside of each of us. How do those temples look? Would we say that our temples are all set up the way they should be? Is there anything getting in your way of praying like you should? Is there noise in your heart that prevents you from hearing God's word? Are there distractions preventing you from seeing Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Would we say that our temples are all set up the way they should be? I think it's safe to say they probably are not. After Jesus chased out all the cows and sheep and overturned the money tables, the Pharisees asked him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Basically, they were saying, What gives you the right to do this? Show us something that will prove you can really clear the temple like this. And Jesus simply answered them, Destroy this temple, my body, and in three days I will raise it up. What gives Jesus the right to clear out the temple in Jerusalem? His death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Because his own body will provide a new temple, not just for the Jews in Jerusalem, but for all of us. Our temples, our spiritual houses will never be perfect. We won't be. Too much noise, too many distractions. We can be sad temples sometimes. But Christ provides you a perfect temple. And Christ is inviting you to come into his temple. Come and pray as Jesus taught you in the Lord's Prayer. Because of Jesus, your prayers are always heard. Come and hear Jesus speak to you in his gospel. His words are so sweet to us and speak something to us that this world never can and never will say to you. That you are forgiven and actually have an eternal life just by believing in Jesus Christ. It's that simple. Come into the temple Jesus has built for you in his own flesh and blood in the Lord's Supper. Because right here, you see Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Right here, you see Jesus crucified and spill his blood all for you so that you can be assured you really do have the forgiveness of every single one of your sins. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are. We are imperfect temples. That is true. But Jesus has prepared for you the 
perfect temple built upon his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead in prayer, in his word, and in the Lord's Supper, Jesus really is coming to us. In his own flesh, Jesus has built a perfect temple, and he built that temple all for you. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.